This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Well, the spaces on X, formerly known as Twitter, was on fire yesterday with some of the biggest voices in the conservative space having a fantastic discussion. And one of those voices also on the sidelines at the Army-Navy game on Saturday. We're going to get into those topics. Plus, you already know so much more. Outkick the Morning starts right now. Hello and good morning to each and every one of you. Welcome into Outkick the Morning. I am Charlie Arnold, feeling pretty rested after having a fantastic weekend. I will say a great all-around weekend. Uh, lots of great things happened, met lots of great people, ate lots of great food. Uh, exactly how a weekend should go, in my opinion. Uh, so now here I am, ready to bring you the latest and the greatest in the Worlds of sports, news, politics, you name it, we're going to talk about it if it's important. So let's get into the first story, shall we? Uh, Saturday, as you all are probably aware, it marked the 124th annual Army-Navy game. Uh, this is a game that doesn't just celebrate a massive football rivalry, but also celebrates the traditions within our military establishment and the fine men who serve our country. Now, Army bested Navy in this year's contest, but... As much as we were paying attention to the incredible patriots on the field, we also got excited when we saw one of America's greatest freedom fighters on the sidelines at Gillette Stadium. That being none other than Elon Musk. He posted this photo on X along with the caption, God bless America. And quite frankly, no one was shocked to see him lending his support. After all he has done on behalf of the country, of course he'd be there. And FYI, before we continue on with how incredible Elon is, let me not forget to mention who was not at this American tradition game for the second time in his presidential term. That would, of course, be Joe Biden. Though, we'll give him a pass because I'm sure the game interfered with his very grueling nap schedule. Uh, so while Musk spent Saturday in Foxborough, Sunday was spent on X holding a Spaces event to not only welcome back Alex Jones, who was reinstated to X after a nearly five-year ban under the previous Twitter regime, but also to host a discussion with Jones, Andrew Tate, Vivek Ramaswamy, Matt Gates, just to name a few people. There were, of course, more people involved in that conversation, uh, very meaningful voices in the conservative space. But during the discussion, the senior editor for Human Events, Jack Posobiec, he asked Musk a great question and received the most epic response from the billionaire business mogul. Well, if 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 those agencies, though, the FBI, the DHS, et cetera, if they reach out to X, for, I believe they called it defensive briefings in 2020 regarding which eventually culminated in the censorship of Hunter Biden. If they started reaching out again, would that be something that you or the team, and, and no, I can understand if you don't want to answer now, but you would consider making public. We will be as transparent as is po as possible with, uh, with that, you know, the, yeah, and, and frankly, if, 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 I, if I think a, a government agency is breaking the law in their demands on the platform, I, w 
I would be prepared to go to prison personally if if I think they are they are the ones uh, breaking the law. Okay, so let's just break this down. Elon Musk clearly stating he is willing to go to prison if the FBI tells him to illegally censor information on X, similarly to what they did in the case of the Hunter Biden laptop story in an attempt to obviously throw the election. Now, Elon is one of the few people standing in the way of the government, and he knows it. And it's not a position he takes lightly. He made it clear in the live stream today that $44 billion was the cost of Twitter, or was rather not the cost of Twitter. It was rather the cost of restoring free speech. And the commitment and the transparency in which Musk goes about doing his business, so ultra-refreshing. He is so dedicated to the truth and having an open and honest dialogue that leaves nobody out. And that's something we definitely do not see from many people these days. You usually hear one side or you hear the other. You do not hear both within the same space or discussion. He is the ideal person to own a massive social media platform in every way possible. For Elon, it is not about money. It's not about fame. It is solely about freedom. So now, let's bring in Outkick contributor Amber Harding to weigh in on the topic, plus so much more, of course. Hi, Amber. Good morning. Happy Monday. How's it going? Hey, Charlie. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm great. Uh, I, I like our little bit of coordination with the colors, uh, keeping it neutral <laughs> on this Monday morning. Uh, okay, let's talk about Elon Musk. Uh, I think one of the most important things that he stated, uh, $44 billion, not the cost of Twitter, the cost of restoring free speech. Uh, additionally, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm talking about in the discussion on X spaces, how he would be willing to go to prison if the government asked him to illegally censor information. It's just like when you think Elon Musk couldn't get any cooler, uh, when he couldn't become so much more important in the fight to preserve our constitutional rights, he can, he continually one-ups himself. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, sending Elon Musk to prison for refusing to censor information um, would be a death wish for for the administration. So I can't oh, yeah. imagine they would actually do that. But I mean, um, he says he's willing, so we'll see. But um, speaking of the Army-Navy game, Charlie, I want to go back to that real quick, because I was with you. I was like, what in the world? Why is Joe Biden not at this game? I mean, I know it's Joe Biden, but he should be at this game. So I looked up what he was doing and he was actually in LA with Jill this weekend, um, hanging out at rich people's houses in Beverly Hills and Brentwood, um, fundraising for his campaign. They're trying to reach their $67 million goal for this quarter. So that was obviously way more important than uh, than supporting the troops and supporting that uh, that great American tradition. So um, there you have that. Wow. Uh, OK, so he he so he is he is actively campaigning and raising money. I had no idea. Honestly, I thought he was uh, planning to just sit in the basement uh, like last time around. So that's a little bit of a shock to me. Well, I don't think he was out actually campaigning and talking to to regular American people who have who have legitimate concerns <laughs> and actually want to hear what he has to say about things. He was just hanging out with the rich people in their houses and asking them for money. Uh, so I think there's a little bit of a difference um, there. But uh, Biden, the Biden administration and Democrats in general are terrified of X. It's it's their biggest threat right now because up to this point they've been able to use social media as their own personal PR channels, right? Oh, yeah. They've been able to push the narratives that they want. 
while suppressing the ones that they don't. And Elon completely took that away from them. We saw how well it worked for them in the 2020 election with being able to suppress all the Hunter Biden stuff, um, all the COVID talk, everything like that. So Elon took that away from them. They get community noted every time they try to lie on X and they don't like it. Yeah, I think Joe Biden, I think Joe Biden just got a community notes on one of his tweets, didn't he? I was gonna go check to see exactly which one, but I was reading, he did just get slapped with the community notes. Was it yesterday? I'm not sure. Uh, I didn't see that one, but I see them all the time. My favorite was, I think it was last week. Um, Gavin Newsom tweeted about how there's a town in Tennessee where it is illegal to be gay. Um, oh yes. I actually live in Murfreesboro. That town. <laughs> I actually live in that town. Uh, that is very much not true. And he got community noted like almost immediately. So they've in the past, they've been able to just push these crazy, these crazy lies without anyone holding them accountable. And now Elon's doing that and they don't like it. Okay. Yeah. And here's the one where he got community noted. Uh, he said yesterday, on my watch, we have achieved better growth and lower inflation than any other advanced country. A year ago, forecasters said it couldn't be done, but I know prices are still too high. That's why my top economic priority is to lower costs for hardworking Americans. And uh, they got the readers added context, which of course is the community note. Within the G7, a group of seven of the world's largest economies, Italy and Canada currently have lower inflation rates than the U.S., Lower cost is deflation, not disinflation, like Joe Biden had stated. So um, Bidenomics, once again, his, his, his baby, his pride and joy uh, has been nothing but torture for us American people. So Joe Biden, obviously so out of touch. Uh, the fact that he was out in L.A. Uh, mingling with the elites when we had such an important game, Amber, going on on Saturday. And I think it really says something when this is the second time, not even just the first, the second time that Joe Biden has missed this game within his presidency. But we see a guy like Elon Musk, who quite frankly, as, as much good as he's doing for our country and preserving free speech, he doesn't have an obligation to be on the sidelines at Army Navy. From what I know, he doesn't have any real affiliation, uh, but clearly he has an appreciation for the patriots that are on the field and wants to lend his support in any way possible. It, it's just astounding. The differences we see at the what's considered the real leaders of this country and someone who has put on their back the responsibility of what it really means to be a leader. And it's a guy that's not even from the United States to begin with. Yeah, it is wild. And as sad as it sounds, um, the Biden administration is probably worried about the optics of looking so patriotic because the left has a problem with patriotism now. I mean, they they absolutely got skewered by the left when they when they condemned the Hamas terrorists, you know, and that's a whole nother issue. Uh, but it is absolutely wild how patriotism has become this super far right wing ideal. And they're probably worried about the optics of that. So good for Elon Musk for, for getting out there, getting to the game. Joe Biden should do more of that. He should he should be more in touch with with sports fan bases and with these these other groups of people that aren't just rich people in LA who are actually going to be voting in the next election. Yeah, and then just getting back to the uh, discussion on X that you know a bunch of different voices jumped into, it's, it's pretty cool now when you look at what Twitter used to be before Elon took over 
and what it is now in the ability to have big group discussions like this. Because, of course, there's moderators and there's featured speakers, but anybody could hop in and ask a question, uh, which you have to appreciate. Uh, because I, I, I can't imagine Elon, even if there was some lunatic who wanted to jump in and ask a question, I've got to imagine Elon would answer it. Maybe it's not the response that this crazy person, you know, a.k.a. the liberals would want, but he would still be amenable to open dialogue, which is something that we haven't seen on social media platforms, and we still don't see on any other social media platform, quite frankly, except for X at this point. Absolutely. It's that transparency, and that's what people want. You know, we with social media, more than ever, we're able to actually reach our elected officials a lot easier than, you know, sending a letter or calling their office and talking to a receptionist. But people want that transparency. And I'll hand it to Vivek. He was on that call as well. Um, Vivek Ramaswamy, and he was, you know, he was participating. So that kind of thing, that kind of thing is much needed. And I think that I know Elon is not a political candidate, um, at least not yet, but he should he should encourage that among the political candidates. And I think he does, but it's that transparency that people really want um, to see where, how we can have a say in where this country's going. And um, we can all kind of work together on that. Yeah. And on the subject of where the country's going, let, let's jump right to the, uh, the testimony from the presidents of, of three of the most elite schools in our country, university-wise, uh, MIT, UPenn, and Harvard, uh, with all three of their presidents really giving what, sh- it's just flat out ridiculous, uh, the responses that they were given when asked, you know, how do you respond to these anti-Semitic events in words uh, from students on campuses? And uh, in so many of the instances, they weren't able to straight up condemn them. It was more of, oh, well, we look at them from the the context in which they were presented, uh, which makes absolutely no sense. Uh, and is just horrible and vile in its own. But then SNL took it a step further and, and tried to make a comedic act out of this testimony. And it, A, was incredibly vile in its own, but it just wasn't funny. Uh, but it's it's interesting that they would they would go to those lengths because what's happening here is really really horrible, Amber. I mean, they're making light of anti-Semitism, and I just don't see a, a world in which anyone should be able to find this funny. No, definitely not. And the rise in anti-Semitism since October seventh has been astronomical, especially on college campuses and places like UPenn, where students were calling for the genocide of Jews. That's insane. And to suggest that there's any context, like Liz McGill did, the president at UPenn who has since resigned, to suggest that there's any context where it's okay to call for the genocide of any group of people is is absolutely ludicrous. And that's why Elise Stefanik at that hearing was was just flabbergasted that she should even she could even suggest that. So when SNL did this cold open this week, I I was floored. I saw it later. I didn't see it live, but I looked on the I looked on Twitter or on X and everyone, I mean everyone, I didn't see a single person who was okay with this this cold open because instead of I mean, I'm not sure you should really joke about this to begin with, but instead of talking about the the ridiculousness of these university presidents supporting that kind of speech, they instead chose to attack 
the Republicans who were leading the mm-hmm. hearing. And that's uh, that's that was a wild one to me. Yeah, you're right. If, if there was a way to do it, it would be to really the the butt of the joke would be the three presidents who sounded ultra moronic on the stand, uh, Natalie Stefanik, of course. I mean, she was just doing her job and doing it very well, might I add. Um, I don't know if, if SNL is going to learn their lesson, but but they just need new writers regardless. Uh, this wasn't funny. Uh, I don't care whatever angle you're looking at it from, even if even if you are anti-Semitic, just wasn't funny. And that's the whole point of, of the show is, is to find humor and... Uh, uh, have comedians that do their jobs well, and and they just didn't in this case. Um, what do you think about the trucks that are being parked outside of the universities right now? I mean, especially at, at Harvard University, uh, you have the doxing truck. I mean, obviously, we all know who the president of Harvard is, but her picture's up there, and now they're calling for her to step down, for her to resign after making these comments uh, in testimony the other day. Yeah, I mean, I somebody needs to be held accountable for that. Um, Liz McGill already was. But I think the sad thing is that I don't think Liz McGill was held accountable for her words. I think it wasn't until the the donor pulled $100 million in funding away from the university yeah, that she do was it. like, I have to step down. Um, and so it's just, it's, it's sad that that's where we're at, but it's all about, you know, it's all about that money. It's all about where that money's coming from. And that's what eventually led to her, to her stepping down. But I, we'll see what happens at Harvard. We'll see if Harvard and MIT follow suit. But the Liz McGill thing happened pretty quickly. She tried to offer up some really weak apology where she hid behind the First Amendment um, and the students' right to free speech, uh, but the students don't have a right to call for genocide. Um, that's a that's a whole a whole other animal. So um, she tried to she tried to apologize. It didn't work. Donors pulled funding, and there was nothing else that UPenn could do at that point. So I mean, if you're a donor at Harvard or MIT watching this, I'd encourage you to to maybe consider doing the same thing. I, you have to wonder, though, also how all of this ends, uh, because universities around the country also are taking note, right? I'm sure that if other presidents were forced to take the stand and testify, they probably would handle it much differently. But just in general on campuses, uh, what actions are they taking to make sure that anti-Semitism is, 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 is taken very seriously? Uh, Are you aware of anything that's happening on campuses where now they're really cracking down or things are happening that weren't happening prior to October 7th? I'm not aware that any campuses are cracking down on anti-Semitism, but I do find it interesting that these universities are suddenly interested in free speech um, because we've seen countless times where Riley Gaines has gone to campuses and gets gets shut down. Um, If you use the wrong pronoun, you can be disciplined, you know, this. so it was like any conservative voices that wanted to come to campus or that wanted to speak out on campus were immediately shut down for so long. And now that we're seeing these pro-Palestinian, these pro-Hamas protests happening, the university presidents suddenly want to protect free speech for these students. And that's just a really interesting juxtaposition for me. Yeah, I have to imagine, um, you know, in all of these, I guess, DEI, um, uh, gr- 
umbrellas, under the umbrellas at different universities. I have to imagine Jews are now going to be considered a protected class, uh, where they will be protected from things like uh, anti-Semitic rallies and uh, actions on campus. But uh, we'll find out uh, what happens there uh, as the cookie continues to crumble, unfortunately. Uh, let's get into a little football, Amber, before we let you go. Last night, the Chiefs played the Bills. Very close game. We thought for a second that the Chiefs had pulled off the victory. We thought that they had gotten a go-ahead touchdown. Uh, we saw Travis Kelsey throw it to Kavarius Tony, lateral throw, running it into the end zone. We were like, oh my gosh, Travis Kelsey, uh, you know, man of the moment, uh, coming up with such a spectacular idea for a play, whether or not that was planned uh, in, in the Chiefs' side. I, I'm not exactly sure if it was an impromptu lateral pass. But anyways, point is, there was an offsides call. Furiousness on the part of Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I think Travis Kelsey also got upset. Uh, obviously, an offsides call is an offsides call. Uh, you, you can't really get upset if someone's foot is over the line. That's, that is what it is. Uh, but what did you think about the way that Patrick Mahomes handled the situation? I mean, he really, really got emotional. Uh, I saw him throw his helmet. I saw him, you know, say, like, what, what's going on? Like, how could the ref do this? You know, he used some curse words uh, on the sidelines that we saw. I, we didn't hear them, of course. Uh, but he said it pretty much straight to Josh Allen uh, when they were saying their, you know, little words to each other at the end of the game. Is, does this make you feel any certain type of way as an NFL fan to see a guy who we are generally used to seeing act ultra-professional act in the manner of this and just go straight to blaming the refs? Well, the, the Chiefs are are having to do something they haven't done in a long time, and that is face adversity. Uh, so it, it, <laughs> I think it was it was a bad look last night for for Patrick Mahomes especially, but for Andy Reid. Um, to complain that the ref should have warned him about players being offsides. Um, I saw the video this morning. I mean, I saw that I saw Patrick Mahomes meltdown last night, but I saw the video this morning of him when he was shaking hands with Josh Allen complaining to Josh Allen. And it was such yeah. an awkward interaction because Josh is just like, okay. And like pats him on the chest. You know? Josh is like, sorry for you. Yeah. <laughs> what do you expect him to say there? But I do think it's a really bad look. For Patrick Mahomes, especially when he doubled down after he had already after he had seen, if you saw the photo, Tony was very, very much offsides. It's you can't argue that. Yes, um, and he really doubled down in the post game press conference where he said, "Well, you know, they shouldn't make that call. He was barely offsides." And I'm like, "My guy, you cannot use that argument. Like that's like saying the <laughs> catch should barely because the guy was barely out of bounds." Or how about all the roughing calls that Mahomes gets because someone barely touches him? You know, like that's that's not a legitimate argument. Yeah, and that's the, such a good point. The Chiefs, the Chiefs really have to look inside themselves. They're fa they're still a great team. Like they're, they're still a great team, but they're not as dominant as we've seen them in the past. And we're seeing a lot of mistakes on their side. A lot of those with the receivers. And I'm not saying mm -hmm. that Patrick Mahomes should publicly throw his receivers under the bus. That's not good business either. But it it did come down to that one play, but there were lots of plays that led up to that. And I think the Chiefs need to take some yeah. accountability and and not really blame the refs for this this whole game. I have to imagine, I, I have to imagine Patrick Mahomes is probably going to take the day, reflect, 
probably realized that he shouldn't have acted the way he did, said the things that he did. Uh, also, there's probably a good chance that the Chiefs get fined uh, for the things that they said about the referees. Uh, so a fine probably coming their way. But nonetheless, I have to imagine Patrick Mahomes is probably going to realize the error of his ways and offer some type of, a, of an apology or at least explanation for getting so ultra ultra emotional. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I probably he's he's a smart guy. He's been through maybe not not something like exactly like this, but he's been playing football for a while now. So I would imagine that he will make an apology. Um, the, the he probably will get fined. Uh, the NFL doesn't usually look too kindly on this, and the refs did no. sound off it afterward too when they did their when they did their panel discussion. They said, uh, you know, he was very clearly offsides. We could not see the ball when it was snapped, um, and. You hate to make that call. You do hate, as a, I'm sure, as a referee, you hate to make a call on a in a big moment like that. But when it's that egregious, when it's that obvious, you have to. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and sometimes you also need to woman-splain, Amber. I mean, it's just something that needs to happen in life. Uh, we're used to men doing it all the time, but now women are finding their voice uh, at least as, as Outkick.com has started to explain, uh, due to your new column, which launched this past Friday. So let's get into the first debate that, that you were having uh, as far as the woman's planning column went. And that was the topic of wh- how to treat women over the holidays and, and, and what to buy them, what not to buy them. Um, so I'll just let you begin to break it down for us. Yeah, so we um, we first dove into this video that went <clears throat> viral on TikTok, um, and it has been for the past week or so, where a husband, after 10 years, realizes that his wife's stocking is empty. So he goes around the room and shows <laughs> um, the kids have lots of presents, full stocking. Um, he has a full stocking. Even the dog has a full stocking from Santa Claus. And he says, well, whose is this? And one of the kids says, well, that's an extra one. And the mom's like, nope, that's mine. <laughs> and it's completely empty. And they, this is, she said in the video, it had been 10 years um, and it took him that long to realize, oh my gosh, my wife does all of this for our family and creates this magical mm-hmm. Christmas experience. And I've never even put a piece of candy in her stocking before. So that was my reminder to men everywhere. And I'll say it again, make sure your wife, especially if she is a mother, has something in her stocking on Christmas morning. Well, and you know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of when I was younger. My mom would always joke about how she was never in the photos or the videos because she was always the one taking the photos or the videos. So there was always great photos of me, my dad, the dog. And then my mom was just, it was like, where's mom? Like, you know, as, if we go back to try to trace her in history, people probably think she didn't exist. Uh, so same thing goes, uh, make sure she's in the photos, make sure she gets her stocking. But Amber, you also talked about just good gift ideas, uh, whether it be for the woman in your life, the men in your life. And one of them, which I appreciated, wasn't actually a physical gift. It was an experience. Uh, that's a good idea. Uh, for someone in your life. So what type of experiences are we talking? Yeah, I think experience gifts are the best ones. I mean, I said it in my column, but I'm like, I'm the person, I don't have kids, so I can be selfish, right? I'm the kind of person that if I want something, I'll just buy it. So when Christmas rolls around, my husband doesn't have a whole lot of options <laughs> for things that I, things that I really want. <laughs> yeah. um, so we like to do experience gifts, you know, and they could be really simple ones, just 
going out to dinner, going to a concert, going to a movie, um, getting a massage, anything like that. Or they can be overnight trips. They could be a staycation in a hotel. I mean, there's uh, cooking classes. We've never done that, but you could do that if your wife is really into it. Um, That's a, I, that sounds like a fun one. Yeah, they do all sorts. They do all sorts of classes, like cocktail making classes, wine tasting, stuff like that. I mean, if you really yes. look, there are so many options out there. But I think I speak for a lot of women when I say that we really just want an opportunity to be along for the ride for the man in our life to plan something. Um, Cause it's usually, it's usually us, right. That's planning the trips and planning the dates and those sort of things. Yes. So for a man to be like, I've got this and actually lay out a plan would be like the greatest gift ever. So guys, there's, there's some good ideas for you. I highly encourage you to do that. There you go. Yeah. Men, if you're listening, open your ears we're telling you exactly what we want. This is, you know what, Amber, this is why I love it. This is the purpose of your column. It, it makes it easy uh, for men and even, even women who maybe need a little bit of extra knowledge in certain areas. You just lay it out there. There's no hiding. Uh, we talk about transparency. It's completely transparent. Here's what's on the mind of a woman. Uh, so people should get behind it. Uh, that's fantastic. Also, we should remind everybody, because it's crazy. I mean, it's, we're already in the midst of Hanukkah, which is a gift-giving season. Um, so people are already are dishing out the gifts right now, but Christmas is in two weeks. I'm like, where is this year going? It's insane to me uh, how quickly the time is, fl- is flying by, but I haven't done any of my shopping yet. So I have a lot to get done, but I'm glad, thanks to your column, now I have some, some more ideas spinning around in my brain. There you go. I, I, I tried to go shopping, physically shopping. I hadn't done that in a long time. Um, but I used to, love oh, yeah, you were at the mall, Christmas. it said. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I, I usually, I love to go to the mall at Christmas or I used to anyway, I went to the mall and it was so different. It was just like, you have to get on an app to take a pic for your kid to take a picture with Santa Claus. Like you have to schedule a time, which is bizarre to me. I'm used to just there being a line. Um, there were hardly any decorations. I saw a man sitting at a bar in the mall, scrolling on Amazon, like shopping for his wife on his phone in the mall, which was the funniest thing. It was just like, this is 2023. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you, Charlie. I, de- I desperately wow. need to get my Christmas shopping started. Yeah. I haven't been to a mall in, I don't know how long. I mean, I guess in New York, we don't really have malls. Like Fifth Avenue is essentially a glorified, I mean, the best mall. And I live, I live nearby. So, uh, I'm actually very uh, happy with my situation. But yeah, I haven't been to a physical mall in a very long time. But I can only imagine because everyone's so sensitive these days, they probably can't put up decorations because someone will get offended, right? Oh my gosh, why is there red and green? Oh my gosh, I don't celebrate Christmas. I'm offended. Okay, so uh, that's the world we live in now. But Amber, thank you so much. I can't wait for the upcoming column. Are you giving little previews? as to what the the next woman's planning is about, or should we just wait and find out next week? Well, I always give a preview because I want to give guys an opportunity to weigh in on the topic before I give my opinion. But Charlie, you'll like the one this week because it is about one of your favorite topics, and that is toxic masculinity. So we're talking gender gender roles, toxic masculinity, um, and then um, feminism as well. So, and how that we can all work together here on these on these sorts of things. So it should be it should be a lot of fun. Fantastic. Well, I cannot wait to check it out and can't wait to debrief with you about it next week. Amber, thank you so much. Thanks, Charlie. Outkick the morning. We'll be right back after a short break. Stay tuned. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everybody. So I started the show talking about Elon's stacked X town hall that was full of noteworthy moments. In total, more than 2 million people tuned in during the three-hour live stream. Three hours, though. That is a long time. And you know what they say? When you gotta go, you gotta go. And it appears presidential GOP candidate Vivek Ramaswamy forgot about the mute button. Listen to this. It's promoting an optimistic pro-human future that the science and evidence shows is real and that we need. Gentlemen, I have to yeah, go. Yeah, I, I just, I just okay. want to be sort of, uh, yeah, exactly, I want to be clear about Please, my position. I'm, I'm super pro-human, and I mean all humans, uh, you know, humans in America, humans in Somebody's Africa, got their thing Asia, open and everywhere else. Somebody's got their phone open in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, Vivek, Vivek, that's, that's your phone, Vivek. I'm not able to mute you. Vivek. Uh, <laughs> go ahead, Elon. Um, Sorry about that. So, um, <laughs> well, I hope you feel better. I feel great. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> I feel great. Thank you. Uh, says all of us after we have been holding it for three hours and finally get to go. Uh, this lighthearted relief, relief, no pun intended, in the conversation just really brings me such joy. Uh, reminiscent, in my opinion, of like the early 2000s when people were not so uptight and sensitive over the smallest damn things. Although overall, this whole conversation was really an ode to those more normal times. And on the subject of Vivek, while I think it has become very clear he is not running a general election or even primary campaign at this point, I hope his ambition and his fearlessness lands him with a position in the Trump White House, uh, because his launching of talking points has been extremely effective and the opposite of the consultant-type BS that we've been hearing nonstop from other candidates. So just like Donald Trump, he enters the sphere with no political or military background, but as it's been made very obvious, he is so hyper-intelligent and willing to promote debate on issues that other neocon candidates will not touch with a 10-foot pole. I know forgetting to mute the computer while using the bathroom won't strike many as really an important moment, but to me, the way he handled the situation with such a cool and normal demeanor shows how relatable he is. He doesn't have that out-of-touch or holier-than-thou personality we're used to seeing from the dinosaurs in government. He speaks the truth, and that is really a rarity in and outside of politics these days. Uh, so cheers to Vivek. Going, forgetting to mute, and being totally cool with it. Um, okay, everybody, that is going to do it for today's edition of Outkick the Morning. Thank you so much for being here on this Monday. I've uh, got another show tomorrow for you, as well as Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Uh, and then the countdown keeps on going till we get even closer, like I just mentioned to Amber, uh, for the day when it's time for me to give my gifts to my family, and I have no idea what I'm giving anybody yet. Uh, hopefully the rest of you are staying on top of your Christmas shopping or your Hanukkah shopping, which is already happening, so if you're not prepared, uh, your family and friends are probably pretty mad at you right now. Um, okay, but let's, um, let's be prepared this holiday season. Experiences, gifts, 
kisses, hugs, whatever it is that you can uh, afford and want to give those who are important to you in your life, I'm sure will be appreciated. Uh, okay, everyone, make sure you are getting the alerts, you're subscribing, you're following me on social media at Charlie on TV. And again, same place, same time tomorrow. I will see you then.